The Brian Sams Podcast is sponsored by Church Media HQ. Failing to plan is planning to fail, and many churches have proven this statement to be all too real when it comes to their media and marketing. That's why Luke Clayton and the team at Church Media HQ want to create a 90-day plan to help your church connect with more people. After you share a few details about your church, Luke and his team put together a custom-tailored plan for effectively promoting upcoming events, sermons, and more at your church for free. Whether you choose to hire his team to execute that plan or take that plan and do it yourself, Church Media HQ just wants to see your church connect with more people. And listeners of the Brian Sams podcast can get started with a paid membership for as little as $99 and enjoy exclusive discounts on other Church Media HQ services. See the link in the show notes or visit churchmediahq.com slash Brian to sign up for your church's free 90-day media plan today and see all that Church Media HQ can do for your church. That's churchmediahq.com slash Brian. You're listening to an ongoing discussion on life, leadership, and ministry. This is the Brian Sams Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brian Sams Podcast. This is your host, Brian Sams. Today, I am excited to be joined by my friend, Pastor Stephen Ashmore. Stephen, welcome to the Brian Sams Podcast. Oh, it's great to be here with you today. So uh, Stephen and I have a good history. He uh, was a part of our church for a while, and then God allowed him to be directed out to uh, Ohio in the Kings Island area of Ohio. Literally, you're like five minutes from Kings Island, at least your church is. Yeah, right in the backyard of the park. Yeah, so those of you that don't know, that's like a, a huge amusement park there, kind of like a Six Flags type place, great place. Um, so Stephen, uh, we're going to talk in just a little bit about unique challenges to pastoring a smaller congregation. But before we do that, I want I want I want I want you to kind of tell us a little bit about your story because really you have a very similar story to so many guys that are listening to the podcast and I think your story uh, both in terms of your history and really some of the more more recent things that you went through getting you to where you are in Ohio. So let's just start. Tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your family. Sure. So uh, I was raised in a Christian home, uh, saved at an early age, uh, got called to ministry at an early age. So I uh, went off to Bible college like, uh, like most do and uh, met my wife. Uh, there at Bible College, we uh, we've been married. This is our twentieth year. Celebrated twenty years in March. Uh, Holly, she's been such a wonderful blessing and help uh, in my ministry. Uh, such a gift of God. And we have four children. Uh, my oldest is my only boy. He is uh, he's in Bible College now. As a matter of fact, Brian, you're one of his teachers for Old yep, Testament I Survey. Saw, I saw that he actually sent me a text the other day asking me a question. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. So. Uh, I can't believe I'm uh, old enough to have a college student, but I've got one boy and then I've got three girls, two, uh, two in high school and one still in elementary school. And uh, they're exciting. They're a fun group of, uh, of kids to be able to have and minister alongside of. Absolutely. Here in the church. And I'm glad our, our, God's been so good. our children are friends. I, um, I know our, my daughter's coming up to see you in, in November yeah. and uh, she's really close to your girls and that's exciting. So, Okay, I want to yeah. I want to talk about um, give us a little ministry journey after you know, get out of college. Maybe a little bit about the ministry ser- you served in, and then go ahead and tell us kind of what connected us and led us um, kind of to serve together. Sure. So uh, I've had a 
I guess you could say unique ministry experience in that uh, I got out of college and uh, went straight to Valley Forge Baptist Temple in Pennsylvania, served as a pastoral intern there for about a year and a half. And uh, from that point, the Lord began to move us, uh, seemed to be on a regular basis from ministry to ministry. Um, uh, they look back now, twenty hindsight is twenty twenty. I, I look back and I see all the experience God gave us in preparation for uh, greater ministry opportunities. So we did that for a number of years. Um, two thousand eleven, the Lord or. 2012, sorry, the Lord led us to Pensacola Christian to be on staff for a few years. And uh, it was during that time and through the experiences God gave us there that um, the Lord began working in my heart about being a senior pastor, something I never desired and never sought after, but God began telling, showing me and uh, telling me very clearly, this is the direction I want you to go. So uh, in 2016, we accepted the call to a church there in Jacksonville um, on the north side of town. Uh, it was my first senior pastorate. Uh, got in town about a month before you did. Yeah, that's right. And so we came into town uh, about the same time. And of course, your first senior pastorate is a major learning experience. Uh, you, you think you know all there is to know about ministry at that point. And uh, you're just have scratched the surface. And uh, I began to learn that very quickly. Um, We were there for about three years. And um, in June of 2019, our world got turned upside down. And uh, through some conversations, I would even go so far as to say some attacks within the ministry. I, uh, uh, we felt it was wise to step down from the, uh, the pastorate there. So I resigned in 2019 in June of 2019 and, uh, met with you that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, of all the pastors I reached out to in Jacksonville, just to let them know what was going on. You were the only one to this day who has reached out to me about it. Wow. Um, mm. And uh, so the Lord through, through, I think through that, and of course, uh, Dr. Shetler coming that weekend, that was a weekend I will never forget. Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing. I, I just want to mention this because our listeners that follow my story, this is the exact same time my church split. Uh, and I don't even know if you knew that at the time, because you came in just yeah. a few weeks after, but you may not felt exactly, but... Dr. Shetler, Jim Shetler came, was scheduled to be at our church. I called him the week before. This is just so interesting. I called him the week before from Myrtle Beach. I went on a vacation I probably shouldn't have went on. I was just completely devastated. And I called him because our church was falling, literally was falling apart. And I said, Dr. Shetler, I can't, I just can't have you. I can't, I can't afford you. I can't even play for your pain, your plane ticket right now. And he just insisted. Uh, to come and at his own expense, his own flight uh, in his, you know, he wouldn't even accept, I tried to scrape together a love offering, wouldn't even accept it. And that was, that was the weekend. So that's all brewing at the same time. So Satan was certainly on the loose in Jacksonville in 2019. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and, and the Lord used his messages. I mean, they were so timely out of Habakkuk, Mm -hmm. um, to uh, to minister to what my family was 
you know, still reeling from uh, at that point. So we ended up joining River City Baptist Church. Um, as you know, uh, spent about a year there. And uh, at that point, I didn't know if I would ever go back into pastoral ministry. Um, and I had even made that statement to Holly that I don't think I ever want to be a pastor again. Hmm. Um, that's the kind of position I was sitting in. But it was through Pastor Shetler's ministry that weekend that God started to heal my heart very quickly uh, towards ministry. Um, and so so we dug in at, at River City. And uh, at that point, I fully expected to be at River City with you for you know a long time. I had no idea what God was going to do. And uh, through the the healing process, the ministry there, the people of the church and God working and, you know, times that you and I would get together and, and have some conversations that uh, one thing led to another. And uh, I remember getting the text one day, I think it was March of 2020 yeah. and you text and said, Hey, I want you to pray about Kings Mills Baptist church. Yeah. And uh, uh, cause the youth pastor here, who was now my youth pastor was your student and y'all were talking and uh so I did. And about a month later, I put on my resume. That was April and June of 2020. We came candidated two weeks later. The church voted unanimously to call us. Amen. And we have been here just over two years now. That's exciting. And uh, it's uh, what a ride. <laughs> the last three years of my life have been quite a ride. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. Amen. So... Um, you know, there's a lot of guys, I even know guys right now going through challenging circumstances and really there's only two ways to approach it. I mean, you either, you either realize that this is just not going to work. The battle is not going to be kind of worth it trying to turn a ship or you kind of dig your heels in and fight. And I think, I think as I've watched your story, Stephen, I feel like that while some people I would say you maybe just need to stay and kind of really duke it out. I think what happened to you was there was a bigger narrative going on and that was Mm -hmm. that God was actually shaping and transforming your own philosophy. What, you Mm -hmm. know, because coming to River City from victory and from your background would have been a little cultural shock, a little bit. I mean, I know it's not like you were, but we were different. We were doing things different. I think it began to help you to where now to where now yeah. it's like you're pastoring kind of in a different world with different, really, really in health. And yeah. um, so tell us a little bit about your church. You've been there two years. Tell us a little bit about like what it was like when you got there and kind of what's going on now. So this is a, a unique ministry. So this is actually the smallest church that I have ever been a part of wow. um, in my in my life. Um uh, we actually, we will celebrate 135 years as a church in September, um, which is really, really exciting, really neat, the historic aspect of the church. Um, it was, has been a very traditional church for most of its existence. Um, and I think most of your listeners probably understand what I mean when I say oh, for tradition. Sure. For sure. Um, so uh, that's the kind of church it's been. Uh, the pastor before me, a wonderful guy, great friend, still nearby in the area. So we were able to communicate uh, somewhat regular basis. Um, he began to lead the church uh, 
I think, in a more healthy direction, a more balanced direction, um, which was a tough, tough road for him. But I'm so thankful because he took all the flack that I would have taken. Right. Uh, he he did the he made the decisions I would have made and, and come. So um, so when I got here, it was already a healthy church. It was a church ready to move forward. Um, and so over the last two years, what we've been able to do is capitalize on, on some of those changes that were implemented, grow in some of those areas, expand some of those things and jump in and begin to really teach and preach the philosophy of why, what are we even doing here? And, uh, and so, and this, I think this is part of our discussion today too. I think having the smaller church and doing that has really benefited um, what we're, what we're doing, what we're trying to do and where we are going. Uh, I want to say this too. I think this is interesting that, um, you went from a tough situation, um, obviously a, a little bit of a bigger church and a big kind of school type ministry. So you're looking at the smaller church, but the advantage was, is that you're not going to have to try to fight your way through, a complete philosophical overhaul. And that is right. super important. If if there's anybody listening that you're considering a shift, I've, I've got emails in my inbox right now, guys talking about the philosophical shift, the challenges they're facing. You, you know, it's kind of like I, I, my view is um, life's a fight, but every fight doesn't have to be against Mike Tyson. You know, right. you, yeah. some fights you got to position yourself to win. And if you're coming back from a challenge, real hard thing, then you may not want to consider jumping into one that you're going to have to do the same thing over again and really just just be pummeled again with the same battles. Because there are churches yeah. out there like this one that's mm -hmm. ready for the move forward. And I will say this, the smaller the church, the smaller the budget, a lot of times mm -hmm. they realize their need to make some adjustments in order yeah. to move forward. So that's a really, really good way to look at it. And now two years in, I mean, you've obviously probably experienced some growth and, and some blessings. So let's just share a couple of those. Yeah. So, uh, you know, here we are two, two years in, I wouldn't say that numerically we, we've experienced growth. As a matter of fact, just uh, a little while ago, we actually purged our membership roles after the whole COVID two year COVID thing and, and took a little break from our membership, uh, purging, uh, I guess you could say, and cleansing out that uh, we we gave some grace because of staying at home and those things. So we just actually had a, a few weeks ago, a moment with our church where we removed a number of people off of our membership roles, mm. um, which at first was a little discouraging uh, through that. But then in the following weeks, I had well, in the last month, I've had three families join the church. Amen. Amen. And what I have seen, and, and I told my wife this morning in, in talking about this, um, one of the mindsets I came into this church with uh, from experience now um, was patience. Mm. You know, we're just going to set the groundwork. We're going to do what needs to be done in the church. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to focus on things that we can't do or things that we probably shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. We're going to focus on what does our church need right now. So, uh, and two years in now, I've had three 
families that have joined and have not just joined, but engaged in the church. That's awesome. So meaningful growth has happened. And, and I would even go so far as to say the growth that we're experiencing is not so much numerical Mm -hmm. as I've had comments recently from my youth pastor and other members that they believe that the church is the healthiest it's ever been spiritually. Oh, for sure. And that tells me right there, well, we're primed for the Lord to add to his church. And I keep telling the church, Acts 2, the Lord adds to the church. Yeah, be careful. Be careful to not let your only metric be numeric growth. And I would say the same thing here. I mean, numerically, we're not we're not much more than we were pre-COVID um, right now. Yeah. But the but the health and the depth and the exchange that is some people yeah. purge out, move on, and then God brings new. And and you end up yeah. realizing that right now, our church, I've been here now, this is my seventh year. And I'm like, I feel like we're just now at a point where I would even really actually want to even come to my own church. (laughs) You know, so, and especially, you said something so wise there. When you're in a smaller congregation, you have to be honest about what you can do and what you should do. That is a really great statement. Most of us had training in larger contexts. We were a part of larger churches. We see things, and if we're not careful, we want to replicate those things we shouldn't be trying yeah. to repl- repl- replicate programs, and I we should be trying to repl- replicate philosophies, and then right. God will build His church. And here's the reality: the reality is that the median church number in America is 65. Half the churches in America are smaller than 65. Half are greater. Mm-hmm. One half of one percent are mega churches. Just let that sink in. One half of one percent are mega churches, which is a lot of people. That's who they look to. For it grows mm-hmm. 70, 70% of churches, 7 out of 10, are less than 100 in attendance. I mean, it's the reality. Yeah. And I'm not saying that churches yeah. can't grow bigger, but the very sheer reality is most won't. So you have to right. learn You have to learn how to minister in a small church, at least for a season, and, and, yeah. and, and in many cases for a lifetime. Yeah. So what would you say um, are some of the... I guess blessings that you have found in uh, ministering a in a smaller congregational setting. Um, the personal relationships with the members become much more uh, easy to develop and to grow deeper in the in the small church context. Um, everybody knows everybody uh, in this context. Um, uh, in the, in the, at Victory, you know, it was a larger church. We were, you know, we were running 160 or so on Sunday morning here. I'm here. I'm running usually about 60 mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, 60, 65. So I'm right at that median point You're right there, man. Um, I have the ability to be more actively involved in my church member in my church members lives. Um, the interaction, the fellowship on Sundays uh, and Wednesdays is much better. Mm. Um, on a personal level um, because of the smaller, I don't feel like a CEO. I feel like a church member That's good. who happens to get up and preach. That's and uh, and uh, there's so much value to that. Um, there, There's the relationships I've been able to build over the last two years have been absolutely incredible. You know, it's um, interesting. For, uh, 
I just checked this morning. I have this list updated each night automatically at 5 a.m. And we have about 275 members, regular tenders. And I, and, and I got to tell you, in a, in a meeting just that I had this week, I told people, look, there there's a cap. There's a cap yeah. on your relational stretch. And all it means is the bigger you get, the more the more relationships you have to build into the church that are not with you. Right. Or otherwise people aren't going to be connected. And so I'm building a team of people that have responsibilities, mm-hmm. most of them laymen. And my big yeah. relationships have to be with them uh, yeah. in order for me to replicate the model. And so it's a bigger challenge. I mean, you're right. In a smaller church, the blessing is relationally, it's stronger. Um, yeah. what, what would you say uh, maybe some of the some of the challenges that you found are? Um, I would say probably the biggest challenge is financial. Mm. Uh, like you said earlier, coming out of a, a training and a mindset in a, in a larger church context, you know, finances aren't really that big of an issue. And so being able to do stuff uh, was no problem. Well, now we're having to sit down and consider what we can and can't do, what we should and shouldn't do. Um, but I tell you, as much as that's a challenge, I, I think it's it's adjusting my approach to ministry and that, you know, if the Lord blesses to the point where we're growing and, you know, we're up to the 200 mark or wherever, I, there's probably some things that I would sit back and go, do we really need to be doing that? Absolutely. Uh, even though we have the money. Uh, so I, I think I'm starting to see the importance of weighing out, not just doing stuff because we can, Mm, mm. but let's be more intentional. And that's what I have to, I have to be more intentional in my ministry. And that's a challenge. Mm. Uh, Well, the the, the more, the more resources, properties, and people that you have, the more um, your, your, your allegiance to mission gets tested when it comes to finances. And I've got an episode, it's a couple episodes back, anybody can listen to on um, a new way of looking at missions giving. And we've gone yeah. through it, and I don't want to rehash it here, but but at the end of the day, I started seeing that oh, we have 50,000 square foot property, six acres, we have all these people and all this stuff going on. Well, my missional challenge was that the dollars weren't adding up to what I was saying, meaning right. I want our church to be all about mission, but here we're spending far more resources on operation than mission. And we're mm-hmm. in the process of changing that. And that's, so you're right. It is a challenge because you're always having to watch that because it's so easy. I want to hire this or hire that or, or do this yeah. or do that. And then all of a sudden you realize, man, you're not really pumping money in the mission. And I think on a lar- on a smaller scale, it's easier to be more careful and say, mm-hmm. you know what, we're going to, we're going to focus here. We're going to focus on this particular thing. And I like that. I think yeah. that is, um, a tremendous way to look at it. any other challenges come to your mind. Um, well, you know, it ties in with the financial aspect. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, our church finances are a little tighter right now than, than they have been in the past. Right. And, uh, so I'm actually taking on a second job yep. in the evenings. Um, so this is a new one for me. I've never had to do this, never had to consider this mm-hmm. and, but I am. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this is a challenge, but it's something that I think probably should be anticipated, if not expected, when you're dealing in a smaller church context. Mm-hmm. That for the sake of the church, 
I might have to sacrifice some things financially and time related, you know, it's in order to help the church stay healthy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do the same thing. I work, I work more than one job and I'm in a larger, uh, technically medium sized church. And, but I've decided that I know my church can't pay me what I need to make to raise five children and to mm-hmm. do like, I mean, I know I, so I don't even ask. So I'm intentional yeah. about other things. Somebody said this one time, co-vocational is the, probably the new normal for the vast majority of ministry. If 70% of the churches are under 100, man, the, the idea that you're going to make $70,000 and have full benefits and, and, and all your gas and your vehicle are going to be paid for and they're going to pay for your vehicle as well are probably, in a lot of cases, yeah. gone. Yeah. So being willing to do that, I was meeting with uh, some, some pastors and elders at a church one time and... They were going through some challenges, some loss, smaller church, two two pastors on staff plus a secretary, I believe. And some of the elder group was trying to encourage some of the employees to consider taking a reduction. And and these guys got kind of, or at least one of them, got all worked up about this. And these men were telling me this and asking me how to proceed. And I just gave them a caution. I said, it's just a real problem if there's somebody, an employee of the church, who sees the church in a financial pinch and is not willing to himself consider doing something different, taking a side job so that he can make his ends meet and not put the weight on the church. And I don't know yeah. if there, there is a church out there, Stephen, that, that doesn't have financial pressure, particularly right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I admire you for that, and I think that more guys need to consider doing that. Hey, listen, if you don't make enough money, don't pout about it. Go Go get a job. Yeah. Go go use yeah. other training. Go go. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways to make money and at, on your own time. Even sure, you, you yeah. could you could pick up. I mean, literally, you could pick up a thousand dollars a month on Uber pretty easily. You know, just just yeah. as an example. And so, yeah. I, I admire that. I think that's great. Which obviously led me. Which was the next question? Some adjustments you've needed to make in your approach. This is obviously one. That you're, yeah. you're feeling like I'm going to need to, you know, share my time. But in all reality, Stephen, I think we'd all admit that even in my church, a little bit bigger. I mean, does it require 60 hours a week of work? Probably not. Probably yeah. not. Sometimes, of course, it goes up and down. But there's probably mm-hmm. some space in there to do some of those things. But any other adjustments come to mind that you feel like, um, uh, you know, would be healthy to consider when you're uh, thinking about a, a small church? Oh, one of the one of the things that I think has become really helpful to us is is realizing that I don't have to do everything, mm-hmm. even in a small church setting. Um, so with this new job I'm taking on, so I will I will be out. I'll be working Wednesday nights, um, mm-hmm. so Tuesday to Saturday. I'll be working in the at nights. Uh, so that takes our Wednesday night set up format and and removes me from the equation. Wow. So what do we do in that situation? Well, um, I've got, I've got two deacons that are able to teach and lead. Um, I've got a youth pastor that's able to teach and lead. I've got other men in my church who can step in and, and fill that role. Mm-hmm. And so being willing to hand things over to them and just say, <laughs> it's yours, run with it. Mm trust them to do it is, is extremely helpful. That's great. I have no concerns about my church going forward on Wednesday nights because my deacon, one of my deacons that's taken kind of taken the lead on it is he's already come to me with a plan. This is what I want to do. This is how I want it to, to function and work. 
<laughs> Sounds great. It's exactly what I would want. Amen so let's roll great. with it and that's all. be willing to lean on other people, especially if you have to go into a bivocational uh, position, uh, be willing to do that. But also, um, I came into the church and I let all the men know when I was candidating, my desire is that every man in our church be able to teach. Mm. And so um, <laughs> they had that expectation set from the beginning, yeah. even before the beginning. They have that expectation set right away. I'm going to teach you and train you and equip you to be able to take my spot if I'm not able to be there. That's really, really healthy and good. Mark Dever's book, Discipling, is an excellent book, and he talks a lot about this, and I would highly recommend that book and pick it up. Okay, um, tell us about how your family helps you serve. You got the, you got some older children um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and your wife, of course. I mean, how, how in this smaller setting do you, do, you, um, do you guys work together as a team? Um, really our church is, is unique in, in the small setting way where they don't expect a lot of my wife and kids, um, as far as, as far as ministry, they understand that when they called me, they hired me, they did not hire my wife. It's good. Um, and that was important, uh, for us. Uh, so my wife is free to kind of engage where she desires. So my wife is is doing things, interacting with the ladies in the church. Um, she's trying to work right now in building a women's ministry within our church, the ladies ministry. And that I think is going to grow into some things. We're talking with a ministry right now that I believe you're uh, you're working with the start of single moms. Group, oh, yeah. Yeah. The ministry in our area. Um, so we're, we're working on that, which my wife and a couple other ladies would, would lead and, uh, and take on, um, my family primarily is heavily involved in the music, yeah. uh, ministry with our church. Uh, one, one daughter plays, Lily plays the ukulele. Um, uh, my wife's to the piano, Josh and Gracie sing. Mm. Um, and I'm standing back there thumping away on the bass guitar. And, nice. and so we, we serve together, uh, as a family with the music ministry. And that's great. That's great. Okay. So we're going to kind of wrap this with this question. A lot of guys listening are are going to be in your position at some point. They're either going to transition between ministries. They're going to end up in a smaller ministry or they're going to be in their first pastorate. You were in a rare situation. You hardly ever see a guy take a a larger church with a full-blown Christian school in their first role. It's just unrealistic. I've worked with so many guys. They just have unrealistic expectations. Like you're going to pastor a church of 200 when you're 25 and just everybody's yeah. going to want, you know, the very, it's just very unique. It's, it's almost unheard of. The very fact is mm-hmm. you're either going to start a church, you're going to take a broken church, or you're going to take a small church that mm-hmm. would, is in a position that they would actually even consider you. So uh, yeah. what, what advice would you give for, a guy that's going to definitely be coming into the same kind of role and experience that you are. Um, be patient mm-hmm. with um, what church you would take. It's good. And I, and I would say be picky about what church you would take. Mm. Um, after our experience at victory, um, Holly and I were very, very, and that's important that what I just said, Holly and I both, my wife and I both were very picky 
about what what church and what kind of a church we would take philosophically. So when I when I went into candidating, I asked them as many questions, if more questions than they asked me. That is so good. That is good. Um, be picky about what church you're, you're going to take. If, uh, if I had known then what I know now, I would have asked a whole lot more questions and probed a whole lot deeper before I went to victory. Yep. Oh, yes. Patient and picky. Those are good words of advice, and I would echo them. Uh, absolutely. Young guys, if they're not careful, they can kind of get in a hurry, and they can um, they yeah. can almost, for the sake of getting a position, uh, put themselves in a bad position. So yeah. that is tremendous. Stephen, yeah. uh, as always, of course, good to talk to you, but it's especially good to have you uh, on the Brian Sam's podcast. And so thank you for joining us today. To my listeners, thank you so much for uh, joining us and until next time where we have more talks on life ministry and leadership this is the Brian Sam's podcast. Mm-hmm.